0: Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 121, John and Wendy talk to Allison West. I'm your host, John.
1: And I'm Wendy. How's it going tonight, John?
0: Wendy, I am great. And it is a great month of June where we are once again being sponsored by our good friends at Paycor.
1: Yes. Thank you, Paycor. It has
0: been it's been a lot, lot of fun, fun working a lot of fun stuff with Paycor. We're going to be uh-huh. talking more in the next episode about a special thing we've got going on with them. But Wendy, you had a really really fun idea. Knowing that conference season is going to be online, if it if at all, mm. uh, and and we're not <laughs> going to get to see each other, you and me personally, but a lot of our friends and see yep. Allison and all of these other folks that we know. Why don't you talk a little bit about the idea that you had that we want to we want to get people yeah. involved in?
1: We have people getting our shirts, our t-shirts, which is so much fun to see and love seeing all the pictures online. It's a load of fun. And I was hanging out with my girls and they love TikTok. They like to watch things. And you know, a couple months ago, there was a challenge or whatever you call it um, for a toilet paper toss where you would toss toilet paper from one side of the screen and you toss it out the other side and you could people would dance and do other silly little things while they're on the screen. And then you just put all the videos together and it looks like you're playing catch with the roll of toilet paper, which is a whole lot of fun. Um, people got really creative with some of it. You know, they'd get their dogs involved and I think there was one I saw, they rolled it in front of the fish tank or something. So I think we need to do that and show off the merch. So, you could take, so we're asking everyone to do a short video of yourself, like five seconds max, wearing the merch or holding a cup or, you know, something with the merch and have toilet paper come in from your left side to your, come in from the left side and you throw it off to the right and send them to me. I'll put them all together. We'll put some fun music underneath it and we'll be able to show off our t shirt. You know, I think it's gonna be loads of fun. And then we get to see everybody's, what everyone's getting, including the bananas shirt. So I'm not going to disclude someone who decides to wear their bananas. You better John not. Coleman's Absolutely bananas not. Shirt. <laughs> now what would be really cool, John, is if you can get your mom and dad to do it too.
0: Yeah. Some of you may have seen my parents who are almost 80 years old. Both have Thurman <laughs> shirts now. Unfortunately, they are not tech savvy. My sister happened to be in town with her family and take the picture. They don't even have a smartphone. <laughs> I don't think I can get them for this. Now I'm looking <laughs> forward to the Christmas holidays where I'm going to be able to get home and we're going to take a picture of everybody nice. in their gear. Nice. So I'll do something then. Yep. But no, Wendy, I thought it was a great idea. Yeah. Super fun. Wear yeah. your shirts, yep. your mugs, your onesies. I don't think anybody's got a onesie yet, but if you have a baby with a onesie, that yeah. would be awesome.
1: That would be hysterical.
0: Left to r- Stage left to stage right or yep. left to right, whatever works. Shoot, shoot yourself doing that and then send it to Wendy yep. and we will piece it together and it's going to be, I guess what Wendy, we're putting this out uh, middle of June. So say by July one,
1: Yeah, we, let's it's do like by June
0: 31, July one, if July you can get to 1. it right before the holiday, yep. that'd be great.
1: July one, send it to me. Um, you know, we put the call out earlier and I had a few people respond, but then when I got my shirts, they weren't the right size. So we have to wait. <laughs> Cause I have to have my shirt too.
0: You got to have your shirt too. And and again, we do thank everybody that has purchased merchandise. For those of you that aren't aware of the T Public Store, all our profits go to charity. This month, we are donating the funds to Wendy Kelly Scholarship Foundation, or fund that she sponsors for uh, underprivileged young ladies that she works with. We've been incredibly fortunate to be able to help multiple groups up until now, and this will be fun just to show off gear, and yes, yeah. the more Thurman and Banana Shirts, the better. <laughs> All of them are great, but those are even better. Really excited about that, but I'm really excited about tonight's guest, yes. Wendy, and, and I don't want to spend a whole lot more time before we can get Allison on. We've connected a long time ago, and, and we've been talking about trying to get something together for a bit. Here we are now. It's happening. I'm going to yep. let you make the introduction. We will get started.
1: Awesome. So fun fact, Allison's presentation at Sherm 14 in Orlando was the very first SHRM session I attended at a national convention. So I am so excited that she is here and, uh, and chatting with us tonight. So in 2000, after practicing law at a San Francisco labor and employment boutique, Allison started Employment Practices Specialist to fulfill her personal mission of helping companies build and maintain safe, respectful, and productive workplaces. She focuses her practice on conducting workplace investigation delivering one-on-one sensitivity training for executives, managers, and employees concerning sexual harassment, discrimination, and diversity awareness issues, coaching managers and employees with disciplinary and or behavioral problems, providing expert witness and litigation assistance, and offers clients a 24-7 employee complaint line. She is a frequent top rated speaker at local and national events such as SHRM's annual conference and exposition, where she has been ranked as one of the top 10 highest rated speakers at the 2018 conference. She also speaks at HR Star conferences in LA and San Francisco, where she has been the only presenter to receive perfect evaluation scores, and the Northern California Human Resources Association HR West annual conference where she is consistently top rated. And it is well-deserved because she does a fantastic job. And we're going to talk more about that. But first, Allison, welcome to the show. And what's in your glass?
2: Thank you so much. Well, first I should say my mother wrote that intro. So like the bio, let's just like put that out there. Like mom wrote it. Like, there you go. What's in my glass? So, I, like, I have several glasses, you know. I think that's uh, I had a birthday over the weekend, so I am a Gemini. So, there is always like multiple sides. So, one glass I always had that sparkling water, and one glass I just keep a little magic in there, right? So, for when when we need to pull it out, as both HR and uh, the employment loss side. So, that's what's kind of hanging in my glass,
0: Allison. I think it's fair to say that is the first time we've gotten a non-liquid answer in quite a while. I love it. I love it. We know what you're doing now. and We've talked a bit online over the years, but how exactly did you get the focus on employment law?
2: You know, it's really funny. So I had never planned to be a lawyer, uh, never was on my radar, never thought about it. I have a lot of family members that are lawyers. Um, and wound up doing temp work. So I got into, you know, I just did secretarial temp work and then at a law firm. And then anyway, a lawyer encouraged me to go to law school and boom, here I am. And I actually was at a firm that we did legal and like accounting malpractice. And then I switched to a firm that did medical mal and they got an employment case. And I thought, oh, this employment stuff, this is kind of interesting. So I did a pregnancy discrimination trial, you know, as a junior attorney And then we got a race case and I thought, you know, I'm going to switch to employment law. So it was kind of a weird, kind of a fluke, uh, so to speak, that it wasn't even on my radar. But inside, I have always been a civil rights lawyer. And that's why people find it weird that I was a defense attorney, where I always felt I could do more from the defense side rather than just suing. I could do training. I could coach you know, you try to get a bad employer to try to be a little less bad. So that's kind of how I fell into it.
1: I, I love that civil rights attorney
2: at <laughs> heart. That, yeah. And
1: I mean, what better place to to do that work, quite honestly, in corporate we're in the corporate world, um, something we've been talking about a lot in the last few weeks for sure but you you also share your information and share your knowledge as a speaker what got you into sharing your knowledge that way
2: you know as an employment lawyer especially on the defense side the management side you know the firms that i worked with they really focused on doing training the preventive stuff you don't always think of litigators as like you know they're like bill 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 but so once i was taught a little bit how to do training. And I realized that I would actually never make it to Broadway, which is really where I should be. Um, I thought, okay, so I have this employment law background. I always wanted to do training. And in fact, that's something I had tried to get into before I went to law school is I wanted to be a trainer. So I knew I had this like being in front of people. So once I had a little a little expertise under my belt, it just seemed like a natural kind of a progression to be able to go from being a trainer and then to a bigger platform in being a speaker. And I always tell people being a trainer is very different than being a speaker. It's similar in ways that you're giving info, but you have to condense it differently. I mean, you saw at Sherm, right? Like what you, I'm talking to people as a trainer, you're interactive. As a speaker, you're just delivering the message. So for me, I really like the combination of doing both things. So I could have the intimacy of training and I could have the glory of an audience uh, <laughs> at the, at the conferences and stuff.
1: I like that. The glory. <laughs> the
2: glory. And look, you know, right. And I'll be frank, like to be doing public speaking is a way for people to know about the services. And it certainly is a way that I get, I get business. So that's, you know, I'm not going to discount that it's a marketing part, but it's also something that gives me just tremendous joy.
0: Well, Allison, one of your most popular presentations is about documentation. One of my favorite topics, for sure. (laughs) And I'm not saying that facetiously. I'm a huge fan. I spent a big part of my career in labor relations where everything Uh got documented. I have a true appreciation for it. But why do you think this is an area that so many HR professionals and leaders struggle in when it comes to documentation and doing it well?
2: Yeah, it's so funny. Everybody always laughs. They're like, Oh, wow, you were in the top rated what do- program. And I'm like, seven steps to creating bulletproof documentation. And then you just see like the glaze coming. They're like, nothing <laughs> nothing juicy. I-, I mean, documentation. I'm like, I know. I don't know what to tell you. Like I make it fun. You know, it's interesting. I had a client early on in my consulting practice. So I've been, uh, this is my 20th year, uh, anniversary of being having my own practice. And I had a client, a law firm call and say, Hey, I can't get our managers to document. Typical lawyer answer, John and Wendy, you will totally be nodding. What did I say? You can make them, right? And then make them. And then it dawned on me that we always say, right, three times you have to document, 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 but we never, we lawyers never take the time to actually train people. Like We don't even tell HR like what are the actual ingredients that have to be there. So I really feel like a lot of it is on the employment lawyers, like why didn't we do this sooner? So I created these seven steps and it just became a framework that was easier for people to understand, right? Like what's the expectation? When I do my program as a workshop, like a two or three hour workshop, I mean, we'll spend 45 minutes on how do you actually document what the expectation is. You know, they're like, show up on time. I'm like, that's actually a hope, a wish, and a prayer, right? I'm hoping, <laughs> wishing, and praying you show up on time. Um, but the reality is, it's your job begins at 8 a.m., at which time you need to be at your desk answering phone calls or whatever the job is. I mean, so it's really helping them. And I, to your point, John, your question, why does HR and management struggle? One, because they just don't want to do it. I mean, that's the reality. Eh, It takes time. I don't, but I really think the big struggle is they don't know where to start. Okay. I have to document it. Do I just write what the employee said? Am I just writing what I said? Do I have to write both? So by the time they get done thinking about it, they're exhausted and four other things have hit the to-do list. So I really think that's part of it. And look, part of what you, Wendy, and I try to tell people is when you don't document, it's as though you didn't have the conversation. Now, is that always really true? No, but you want people to understand like you're busy and you'll never remember that conversation even though in the moment you're like, I will never forget this, right? Wendy's like, I'll never forget <laughs> what that candidate said. I will remember that the rest of my life. And then they're like, did they say anything weird in the interview? You're like, "Ah, oh, I'm. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so we document things and you know, it is a defense. It's a defense to a harassment claim and people are like, how can that be? And I'm like- Because all of a sudden, someone's now saying, like, you used to call them derogatory names. And we're like, you can show you had performance discussions. We can, doesn't mean it absolves you of the harassment, but you can show from a defense standpoint. And it's just fair to the employee, period. So there's my documentation story, you know.
0: (laughs) I think as an attorney, you will appreciate my position with leaders when they say, John, I don't have time. Yeah. My comment is always, it's cheaper for you to do it now than it is to sit down with me and outside counsel. And, and you don't want that bill.
2: Yeah, exactly. And let me tell you, giving a deposition where you have someone and what I'll do a lot of times, I'll just like go into role and I'll put someone up on the witness stand. I'm like, Oh, so when you met with Bob? Isn't that correct? Yes, it is. And uh, did you have a meaningful conversation with Bob? Yes. Oh yes. We told Bob in no uncertain terms to knock it off to do right. So I'll go through the whole thing. And I'm like, and so, do you have a lot of things on your plate? Yes. Are you doing a lot of things? Yes. And I'll be like, so uh, what did you have for breakfast like three weeks ago? You know, the basic, you know, jerk lawyer thing. And it's like, you'll never remember everything and you have to document it. And once they're embarrassed a little, I hate to say it, like they kind of wake up, but I think they're getting a little more savvy and they want these sort of streamlined ways to be able to do it. But I agree. Pay me now, pay me later.
1: No, I, that was one of the things, um, after your session, I went back and I just, I told, you know, I told the supervisors, send an email to you and your employee about what you talked about. This is what we talked about. This is what we agreed to. Boom. boom,
2: You're done. And then, but but part of what you just said is what I say is the most important part is get the employee's explanation Mm -hmm. because it's going to be very hard for a plaintiff's attorney when they see documentation were like, this is what you said. This is what you were going to do. This was the commitment you made to fixing A, B, C, and D. Yep. Um, without the employee explanation, I think documentation, it's very easy to convince a jury and I do expert work. So I get to sit there and say, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, like they didn't do what they needed to. What did the employee have to say about it? And it doesn't end well. I mm-hmm. mostly do side is how I get retained. So it's ugly.
1: As an attorney, as an investigator, so we talked about that a little bit, what do you see as the biggest issue that employers facing with employees still working from home? And how do you recommend they prepare for that challenge?
2: I think just since the beginning, like things are of COVID, that things are just different since we've been sheltering at home. And a lot of times people say to me, oh, there won't be any harassment, discrimination. I'm like, Oh, really? So you never saw like a dirty emoji. You never saw like (laughs) sidebar conversations going on. The manager who is doing the uh, Zoom from his or her bedroom. I have a friend who's doing an investigation into like obscene pictures, like above the manager's head in their bedroom. So, you know, there's still things. But what the difference is, everything is harder via video. And I think companies, as time goes on, more and more companies are going to keep people home. It's how do you connect And as an investigator, and so I've done a number of webinars on have lighting. Imagine if the investigator uh, has, you know, their face is darker because the room light or someone is African-American and you can't see all the features, you know, you don't want to give employees or witnesses an opportunity to say, I couldn't hear them. The computer was so tinny. I couldn't. And that's why I tell everybody, get a light, which I have on and get a good microphone. You know, it's it's the logistics of it. Uh, that's why I like the question. The logistics of it are harder. How do you share documents? Mm-hmm. How do you know the employee is not taking screenshots? How do you know they're not texting someone in the moment? And this came up at a webinar recently. How do you know if someone's not texting someone to give them the answers? And in fact, someone wrote to me after and said, they could see in the person's glasses, like Wendy, I can see your glass. They could see that they had a phone and they were texting and they were actually texting the alleged <laughs> wrongdoer. So <laughs> I think there's a lot of challenges. So how do they prepare for that? Think about these sort of Issues that can come up, you have to be prepared. Don't think it's the same as an in person interview. You know, identify our documents. I could just show it to someone. Now I have to share it on a screen. What if we didn't want someone to keep it? They take a screenshot somehow. I mean, there's just different logistics. So I think they have to slow down, prepare, and also be prepared to have shorter interviews. You know, you, you can't do the day long interview on Zoom, it's really hard. Oh, people would just be freaking out. And there's the confidentiality issues, right? You have a, a house full of, you know, your family there. And hi, I'm calling to tell you that you've been accused of unlawful, you know, I mean, inappropriate okay. conduct. And you got your like kids sitting near you. So, you know, so people are taking their calls in their cars. They're doing their uh-huh. interviews. So there's a lot of challenges for investigations. And I think employers are going to have to adapt, especially since more people will continue to work from home. A lot of challenges with that.
1: They're not going to go away either.
2: No. And what are the challenges that plaintiff's counsel might say? Hey, you had the opportunity to meet my client in person, assess credibility effectively. You know, they're just different challenges. I think that will happen. How do you have counsel present? Are they also on the Zoom? What if they want to talk privately? Put them in a breakout room? So a lot of issues that people don't always
0: think about. And the tech's always changing. Yeah. seems like, you know, somebody's always one step ahead, right? There's always something new to your yeah, that, it, you know, that, screenshots and things.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. And like, you know, maybe there's a way I have my fingers poised. So I could do a quick screenshot right now. It, but a lot of times it makes that little click noise. they just things you have to pay attention to. The, and, and lastly, let me just say one of the hardest things is like I'm looking at the camera right now so I can connect with you, Wendy. You can see me. But, if I want to connect with your face, I'm going to be looking this way, right? Like for me, I have to move my head, and the witness, I'm not looking at them, and granted, in person, I look down, I'm writing notes, but they're there, we have error around us. So I don't know what else to say other than a lot of challenges, but they need employers need to be prepared and think these through.
0: Allison kind of expanding on that beyond the investigations, beyond documentation. A lot of our connections have gone virtual. We've been doing this for a long time, but a lot of those connections with coffee or meeting people and having that interaction has gone away. How are you adjusting and and what have you learned when it comes to sharing information and changing up how how we do these things?
2: So I have to tell you, um, and I'll be candid with you and your audience, like it's been a challenge I'm a people person. I'm used to having the energy of the people around. Other than my speaking gigs, I have not used PowerPoint in a presentation in 15 years. So I am a discussion-based trainer. I use scenarios. I use other tools. I have these call-out cards and things I use. So I thought, okay, I'm a good trainer. Like I'll be able to adapt to Zoom. And after I've done probably about 30 uh, harassment prevention sessions. And I've gotten it down, but I have to use a little bit of a deck, a few just for visuals that I need to explain. I don't have a whiteboard to write on. So it's been hard. I did a, a training for coaching, had a how to properly coach your employees, and I have to tell you it was a struggle because I have interactive exercises and they just didn't work as well in a breakout room, so you have to think differently and I'll be redoing a lot of my training programs because to adapt to a a zoom or a you know go to meeting or whatever your platform is is really it's really different, and I think you have to do a variety of things polling questions to break it up you do the breakout room, so I've had to adapt. And for, you know, it's hard because I'm not, I don't have that energy and I have people writing in and chatting in. So now I've realized like, I can't do it alone, right? Superwoman can't do it. And I'm hiring a law student who is going to be my moderator and look at questions and be able to interrupt me and handle logistics. So I think a lot of people are struggling, friends that I know that are professors or musicians that do teaching we're all saying the same thing, which is, oy vey, this is hard. This is really hard to adapt. So now that I've shared my weakness, you know, it's just, it's, but it's, but I think so many of us are talking about it and that there is the challenge uh coming up with different exercises, different ways to see, like I call on people, I can see them. I've had 85 people in a training session and now I'm going to put a cap. I'm like, it's too many. I can't scroll through that many screens to see faces, to call on people. And I didn't like that many in life either but you know like for the money and getting people on time so it's it's really it's different it's very different
0: I guess the good news Allison is we're all in it together right in other words all of us are figuring these things out and I think there's a bit more grace in that you know like you said when because it's shifted and it's not just any one person in fact we I was just talking to somebody lately that was talking about how can I get breakout rooms and some of those things and with tech changing and improving and all these things I appreciate you being well, willing to share your area for development, but we are all there. At least the people that listen to the show and Wendy and I, we're all with you.
2: I hope people will share their tips. I have a mentee. Um, she's an outstanding trainer. She's an employment lawyer. And we had a long chat the other day. Um, she hasn't been doing uh, much training now. And I just said, I, wa- I want to talk you through some of the missteps that I've had, because this is really hard how you adapt. And, it, you know, I always give someone the opportunity to pass you know, if I call on someone and they're, I could see them hemming and hawing for a moment, I'm like, it's okay to pass, right? Like, So you're paying attention to body language, which I do in person, but everything is magnified now. And, you know, we've got the pixelation, so our features are a little softer. So thank goodness for the wrinkles, but like you can't always see like the furled brow to know like this person didn't like what you said. So, yeah, we're all in it. And I I agree. I think there is a little grace that people are understanding that things take a little longer now, too.
0: We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
2: When the going gets tough, everyone depends on HR. Who do you
1: depend on? Meet Paycor. Paycor builds HR and payroll software for leaders of medium sized businesses. And we've been doing it for 30 years. So in challenging times, we're here to help you prepare with real time insights, plan with actionable data, respond with the help of HR experts, and recover quickly. Paycor builds HR software for leaders who want to make a difference. Learn more at paycor.com/leaders. slash leaders. All right, we are back. Allison, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half hour question connection. What career did you dream of having when you were a child?
2: You know, I can't really think of what I thought about when I was little. But when I got you know, into my teen years, like in high school, I thought, I want to be an audiologist. Why I picked that, you know, my sister had a hearing disability and I thought I'll do that. But I also always had an interest in, you know, criminology. And so my family, we always watched case studies of forensic science. We watched these things. And my mother told me, you know, you have to look at dead bodies, right? You have to look (laughs) at blood. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a quick career change. And then when I actually went to college, I wound up being a communications major, radio, TV, and film, which you can see I'm using to great, you know, great advantage. You are. I'm one of those people, like, I just find things along life's way. No real dream of what I should <laughs> do.
1: Uh, it's definitely our first audiologist.
0: I, yeah. That is very safe to say. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Allison, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know?
2: So I was thinking about that and I have to say, I think it's Kate Bischoff, you know, like she, she's really quite a remarkable person, right? A fellow employment lawyer. We, I guess we met on Twitter. I saw her. And so now I take the liberty of calling her a friend like Wendy, you know, like I'm, I'm on with you all the time. We're politically right. aligned, which makes a difference too. Um, but she writes things and she calls things out in a way that is refreshing. It's encouraging. It's encouraging the no BS part of it, like the one that was on today was like, recruiters have to be accountable for calling out harassment, discrimination. I'm like, hallelujah. I come from it at a different angle, but I love that. And I think she's very bold and there's a sense of bravery about her. And I feel very enriched. Um, just like reading, a, uh, you know, Wendy's tweets and knowing. So it was a close tie, but I had to go with the employment lawyer. I'm sorry. No, I'm joking. <laughs>
0: We're fans. We're fit, yeah, <laughs>
1: love, love Kate. I I am happy to count her among my dearest friends. And oh uh, wow, great! And she's close by to me, so we can we can go hang out because she's about a four hour drive. So
2: oh wow lucky dog. There you go. Yeah. It's funny when you see people on Twitter, like I know John Hyman, I've, we've spoken at conferences. I've known him for many, many years. So there's people that, you know, and then other people that you meet that you're like, wow, my life feels very enriched. So Mm -hmm. all the people that I'm on sort of regularly, we're liking each other. I feel, feel very blessed.
1: Allison, a new HR professional asks you for one piece of advice. What do you tell them?
2: Get a mentor get a mentor. I think it's important to have different mentors along your different life's path. And I think new, in it, because HR is such a tough role because they're really one of the only roles in a company where people straddle, they straddle the fence. They have to support management, they support employees, and each side thinks they're doing too much for the other side. It can be thankless. And I think for someone new in HR, talking to people who have had those rough roads, have had the war wounds, have the experience of being able to have that credibility is very important. So I think that's the best piece of advice is to get a mentor. And then, you know, you'll go to a different level and get a different mentor so you can get different perspective. But that would be my my main advice. And actually, my second piece would be stay up on continuing ed. It never ceases to amaze huh. me, the number of HR folks who don't stay up to date on things. And I find it shocking and, quite frankly, as an employment lawyer, uh, horrifying uh, that the risk. People will say to me, where do I find those protected characteristics? And I'm like, okay, like you don't have to know what I know, but that's like so basic. You need to know that.
0: Allison, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community?
2: Well, uh, one, I am a mentor to a number of people, so that's been very enriching. Um, quite often, Uh, both for people who want to get into sort of doing the kind of consulting I do and also for investigators. So I kind of put investigators a little bit in the HR community as well. So it's doing that and it's the public speaking. You find a way that you can connect with people, share knowledge. And you know I find people will gravitate to sharing knowledge back. So it's always like a two-way street for me and giving back and how much I get. So much back in return as well,
1: Allison. What is your favorite movie?
2: So I've been thinking about this, and I, you know, like it's a, I'm one of those again, like hard to break it down. But I think I have to say, Shawshank Redemption has always been way up there. I am a true lover of Fried Green Tomatoes. Like Ooh. it just, it just is. And sadly, for many people, like Pretty Woman, I've only seen about 800 times. And uh, I was reminded of one the other day, "Romancing the Stone." We were kind of thinking back in time, so. There's so many movies, Uh, you know, the Schindler's List, those kind of movies have also been like impactful. But I think Shawshank is really one of my most favorite movies.
1: Good one. We were actually just talking about Romancing the Stone during Trivia Night.
0: (laughs) Oh, we were indeed. We were indeed. How about your favorite musician or band?
2: I'm kind of like... Old school with the stuff I grew up with, you know the Doobie Brothers. But I was always a Dan Fogelberg fan. So not everybody knows Dan Fogelberg, but I followed him and I followed his limousine after seeing him at concerts and stuff. He died about ten years ago, young of uh, in his fifties of prostate cancer. But I always he wrote, you know, leader of the band. But I mean, I was into him forty years ago you know, when I was in college in high school, I, I would always have to keep him on my list. There's a lot of people that I, I love Josh Groban. I mean, I like all different kinds of music. My son's getting me into rap and country. Go figure.
1: How about a favorite TV show?
2: So I think my favorite TV show is NCIS. And <laughs> I, it's not completely because of the crush and lust I have for Mark Harmon. My That's just <laughs> a, piece, a piece of it. So I did a lot of work for CBS. I was brought in the day after Charlie Rose was terminated um, to do their harassment training for the news groups. And I did training for the late show. And I did training for uh, one or two of the TV shows. And I was like, could you just send me to NCIS? Are they misbehaving? Like, does anyone need harassment training? (laughs) So I think it stays, although we're watching Outlander and I love it right now. But yeah, I think NCIS, it's just, I've watched it for whatever, 16 years, I think, or something, however long it's been on.
0: we used to get NCIS all the time. Yes, we did. And oh. then it was supplanted by This Is Us. Oh, so I'm yes, so glad I that that love that too. <laughs> but I'm glad you mentioned NCIS because yeah. it seemed like our first year we heard that show a lot, didn't we, Wendy? It seemed we like did. every other person, NCIS was really, really popular. So it's it's nice to hear it again. And you're right, Dan Fogelberg entirely yeah. under oh. as a singer songwriter.
2: I loved him, but I should say so. Yes, This Is Us, but I also love A Million Little Pieces. Right. I think that's the name of the show. Uh, There's some beautiful shows out now. Yeah, there really Um, are. There really are. Yeah, but they don't have Mark Harmon. So there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you're not watching Shawshank, you're not listening to Dan Fogelberg, not watching NCIS, what else do you like to do outside of work?
2: I am so lucky that I live right down the street from the ocean. So I live just a few miles south of San Francisco on the coast. So it's much cooler here. You guys are sweating bullets. We're like wearing fleece. I had uh, people over the other night and we're in front of the fire table outside with hats and, you know, no gloves, but just we're all, you know, bundled up. But so I get to spend time down by the water. I love to garden and cook. And, uh, you know, entertain. So those are the things that keep me busy, but I am an avid traveler. So when there's no restrictions, COVID, you know, I was supposed to be in Japan next week. So oh. there you go. Yeah. Last year we went to Thailand. I take my son and we, we get to travel the world. So I feel really lucky. That's one of my favorite things to do.
1: Finally, it is Alice in West day all around Woo! the world. What are people doing to celebrate?
2: So they're doing two things. They're wearing masks. So that is the key. (laughs) They are wearing, I'm a firm believer we're keeping COVID at bay and everybody has to be responsible. They're wearing masks and they've all purchased how to be an anti racist. We're all going to be on this journey together and that would be the best way for us to celebrate each other.
0: Allison, again, so appreciate your time and, and your insights. I always love having employment attorneys on the show. We try to space everybody out so we don't become an employment law podcast because there are so many that are very good. Right. As a one time aspiring attorney, when I did labor work, I love these conversations. And I know most of our listeners probably know you are connected, but if they're not, what's the best way for them to reach you out there?
2: Certainly by LinkedIn. It's Allison West esque, like Esquire ESQ. So you can reach out to me that way or my website, www.employmentpractices.net. Always happy to connect with everybody.
0: We will have those in the show notes. And Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for listeners to find you?
1: Uh, best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter as part of our twice monthly Twitter chats. How about you, John?
0: Once again, want to thank Paycor for sponsoring this episode.
1: Thank you, Paycor. Make sure to check
0: out all their great stuff they've got going on. We have links in the show notes to, to Paycor yep. and, and their programs. But as for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share. Boost the signal, folks. Anything you can do to help, we always appreciate. International listeners, you know what we're going to say. Get in touch. We're seeing, continue to see those numbers growing. We absolutely love it. We want to send you goodies for being part of our community (laughs) and and, and show you how much much we truly do appreciate you listening. Again, Allison, appreciate your time. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John.
1: And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect.
0: Give back. And... Network. Network. Take care, everybody.
1: We'll see you soon.